This is Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer, where we set the table for Christian conversations that explore the Scripture, promote prayer, and seek to edify the body of Christ. For more information about Greenville House of Prayer or to contact us, please visit our website at ghopsc.org or connect with us on Facebook at Greenville House of Prayer. Now for today's broadcast. We're back with another episode of Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We are here again with Roy Giese, the pastor of Outreach Church uh, here in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, We've recorded some previous episodes. You can find those on our website at ghopsc.org. We archive uh, these broadcasts. And uh, last episode, Roy was sharing more of his personal story and and journey with the Lord and uh, just experiencing um, really a miracle in the midst of addiction and brokenness. The Lord met him and delivered him and really altered his course pretty supernaturally. Uh, so we encourage you to go back and, and listen to that. And he was telling more of uh, his story of how he got to Greenville. And now, as I mentioned, he pastors Outreach Church. You can find more information about the church at outreachchurch.net. Um, Outreach and, and you, Roy, are a part of our One Prayer Network. Uh, for those who don't know, One Prayer is a growing community of local churches and local pastors that are working together to inspire and advance the Christian unity uh, that Jesus prayed for in John 17, is where we get the name One Prayer, that you know, Jesus prayed that we would be one as he and the Father are one. Um, and we've got probably 15 different churches that are a part of that currently. You can find out more information on One Prayer uh, by visiting our website at OnePrayer, that's O-N-E, prayersc.com, or you can find us on Facebook at One Prayer. Um, there's a lot of exciting things happening in regards to unity in our area really and uh, really encouraged. You know, We're just a small part of that. There's a lot of different things happening. Uh, but we'd love for you to get connected to that and, and to press into God's heart for his church to be all that he calls it to be in our area. And part of that is that we would be unified in our mission and our purpose um, in spirit here in the area. So, um, so Roy, maybe you can just pick back up where we left off. Uh, you know, we were, I think we were talking about, you know, you being in Greenville and yeah. having met your wife and all that. How did you, uh, one, I guess, get called to be a pastor and find yourself at Outreach, and then maybe you can tell us a little bit more about the church. Well, uh, I, I started going to church with, with my wife, uh, at the time my friend, and uh, you know it was a good chance to hang out with her, and so anytime she was going, I went. And uh, But I was, I was really pursuing the Lord, yeah. uh, really, really going after him. I mean, I would get up in the morning and read the Word until I went to work. I would go to work all day. I would just chew on what I had read. Um, I'd come home. I, a lot of times, I wouldn't even eat. I'd shower. I'd open my Bible and just and and for months, I genuinely just all I did was pursue Him through through knowing Him through reading His yeah. Word. And I was reading it now differently, right? Like like before when I read it, I had no grid for this the the intimacy, um, for the relational um, aspect of 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 being born again and and for communing with Him and mm-hmm. and and fellowshipping with Him and being with Him and experiencing Him, you know, in His presence in my life. And so. 
now I'm reading this stuff and, and I'm reading it with a whole different grid and, and my eyes are just being open to how amazing this gospel yeah. is. Like, where has and this been yeah, all my life? I, I would literally call yeah. people and be like, did you know it says this? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I uh, started going to, to church with, with Patty and, and uh, we got involved in, in the children's ministry because every church needs help with children's ministry. Listen, if you're listening to me and you yeah. go to a church and you don't serve, please mm. serve in the children's yeah. ministry. Your pastor will thank me. Um, <laughs> But so, so I was serving in children's ministry um, at a church right down the street, Cornerstone. Pastor Dale Blair was the pastor there. Amazing man. What year was uh, this? This would have been about? right around 2000. Okay. Um, yeah, so just about 20 years ago. And uh, so I, I, was, I was going there. We were serving in children's ministry. And I remember uh, a man named Brad Stahl, who's now out at Gateway Church in Texas, uh, was the children's pastor at the time. And I remember him inviting us out to lunch one day, and, and he talked to me about you know, seeing leadership in me and, and seeing uh, giftings in me that he really wanted to help draw out and develop. And, and uh, how, you know, he just really talked about how amazing I was. You know? And I was sitting there thinking, wow, this is, this is cool. You know? And he said, so I'd love for you to get involved. And, and uh, I was like, okay. And he said, all right, I'd, I'd like for you to just consistently serve once a month in the nursery. And, and I remember thinking like, like, you don't have to take me out and tell me all this stuff to get me to work in the nursery. <laughs> um, but I think, honestly, he was testing my heart to see, like, do you, you know, do yeah. you need to have something important? Do you need to be put into a position where, where people see what you're doing? Or are you okay just serving oh, little babies that will never lesson. say thank yeah. you? And so I was like, okay, awesome. And so Patty and I did that. And then we started working in one of the, the kids' rooms. And then we were the lead teachers of the kids' room. And then eventually I was the assistant children's pastor. And when he uh, was called to, uh, to a different church, um, when he moved, he asked, you know, kind of gave him the endorsement for me to be the children's pastor. And I was, and so I was the children's pastor and I was a youth pastor, a college and career pastor. Did you have any, uh, desire or aspiration to be no. a pastor? At no, any, yeah. I just wanted to be used. Yeah. You just wanted I to wanted serve to do God, anything right? I could yeah. to see other people know that Jesus the way I did. Yeah. And, um, I, I actually didn't want to be a pastor. Um, mm-hmm. I was in business with my brother-in-law. We had a we had a business um, that we worked together. I loved going to work every day. I never once didn't want to get up in the morning and go mm-hmm. to work. Uh, and so I, we through all of that, we, there came a time where I just one day was like, man, I feel like we're supposed to to leave and and go to this church down the street, this little church. And and uh, so so we did. And and my wife and I came. And after the first Sunday, my wife was like, I don't know. You know, it's just it was so different than what we had experienced Mm -hmm. in church. And but I felt like that was where we were supposed to be. And so we stayed and and then so a bunch of things happened that that, that sometimes happen in church that was I that wish an out, they was shouldn't. that outreach at that the was okay. so, so was that, at the time outreach? it was called christian outreach okay um and and so there was just a bunch of stuff going on and mm-hmm. and when you know sometimes when you i got involved in the worship team there cuz i i was a worship leader and my wife did and i didn't know that yeah All yeah right. yeah um that's how I have this silky speaking voice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you so, can sing something for us if you'd like. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen, Curtis. Uh, so we, we, there was just a bunch of stuff going on that shouldn't go on. And uh, the church was kind of falling apart. And we went back to Cornerstone and we're just like, oh, man, we'll just sit in a pew, you know. And, um, and apparently at, the week after we left, kind of everything fell apart and mm. kind of everybody walked away. And they left the, the church at, with a, a man who I'd been on staff with at Cornerstone. Um, and so he called and asked if Patty and I would come help lead worship while they figure out what to do. There's like 12 people there. Mm-hmm. And I said no and uh, hung up the phone. And my wife said, who was that? And I told her and she told him what he wanted and told her what he wanted. And, and she said, well, what's it going to hurt? Right. And uh, she said, let's just go help. And so we went and helped. And, 
one thing led to another, and um, eventually he asked me to speak, and then he started asking me to speak on a regular basis. And then uh, after a while, he just came to me and felt, told me he felt like I was supposed to pastor the church. I told him no. Uh, I said, I don't, I don't want to be a pastor. I, I, I love what I'm doing. I'm happy to do that, but I, I don't want to, you know, I, I love being in business, and I love what I'm doing. I love my life the way it is. Hmm. And uh, so he came to me another time and asked me, and I told him no. And, um, and then he asked me a third time, and, and when he asked me, I'll never forget him saying this with, the, with his Nigerian accent, he said, but have you prayed about it? <laughs> and I said, no, I don't need to. He said, well, I ask because one of us is not hearing the Lord. Hmm. And if you're not asking, I'm guessing it's you. <laughs> and man, I, he got me, uh, yeah, you know, and, and so I, he, he, we talked about it and, and he said, well, you know, he wanted to talk to the board about it, talk to the board about it. And I kind of thought I had it out because there were some guys on the board that maybe thought I was young and inexperienced. And, and uh, so th- there couldn't really come to an agreement there. And finally, one of the elders uh, stood up and just said, hey, guys, why don't we quit trying to convince each other one way or the other? Why don't we just all get alone, seek the Lord for three days and come back together and see if the Lord doesn't speak something to all of us? And uh, so I, I left there pretty sure that at least two of them were going to come back and say no. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember calling um, Brad, the man that got me started in ministry, and asking him what he thought. And he said, you know, I could tell you that I think you're a, a natural leader. I could tell you that I think that you're a good communicator. I could tell you a lot of things that would make it seem like this is what you should do. He said, but at the end of the day, if you say yes to this, when it gets hard, and it will get hard at times, mm-hmm. a word from me won't sustain you. He said, so I would suggest you just hang up the phone, don't call anybody else, and go seek the Lord until you hear him. Because once you've heard him speak, you can put confidence in that. Yeah. And, man, that was some of the best advice. And that's that firm foundation ever, whenever things get hard or, you Come know, on, he told circumstances. Me, he told me, he said, you you will want to be able to go into a room alone and say, Father, this was your idea. Yeah. Oh, come on. And, and, and he said, the peace. Are you listening out there, people? <laughs> yeah. He said, the peace that comes with knowing you didn't make your way. Yeah. Is is you you have to have that? Yeah, and so I did. Yeah, so if you're if you're in the middle of doing something or you're considering a, a possibility, uh, if you're listening out there and you're considering taking a position, uh, what did what did the Nigerian pastor ask you if you had done? He asked me if I prayed. <laughs> have, have you prayed about it? So first, yeah. have you prayed about it? And and then secondly, get God's word on it. You know mm-hmm. that's what's going to sustain, especially if it's a big decision. You know, seek Him out. Uh, until you find an answer, you know, and and he'll he'll show you and he'll he'll speak to you if it if it's his will. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's. He, I mean, here's the thing: he's way more committed to us living the life he created us to live than we are. Yeah. You know, it, he's not. It's not some ethereal thing that hopefully right. we hopefully stumble around in the dark and somehow make our way into his will for our lives. Paul said, "I pray that you would know the will of God." Yeah. Like you can know his will for yeah. your life. Amen by seeking him and asking and, and walking in obedience to what he calls you to. And, you know, that's, that's something I always tell, you know, younger guys now, especially I'm like, man, don't, don't make your own way because yeah. if you get you there, you have to keep you there, mm. yeah. you know, and, and however you got there is the way that you have to keep that position, you know? So if you got there by politicking and, 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 you know, the way pleasing wisdom people. of man yeah. and people pleasing, you'll have to continue to do that, to stay there. And you'll never have the security that you have when you know you are where you are because the grace of God put you there mm-hmm. and because it was his will for your life. And so um, I, I felt a yes on it. And my wife, she felt a yes a long time before that, but she didn't tell me. She would just say, why don't you ask the Lord? Um, because she wanted me to hear. And, mm-hmm. and she eventually, she told me, but, but she really wanted me to hear it for myself. And she was confident that God would speak. And so we got back in the room and 
all the elders, including two that said they wouldn't attend church there because they thought the direction I would take the church, not unbiblical or wrong, just would be different as far as style and stuff like that. Um, But they did think that I was supposed to pastor the church. And so we came up with this like six month plan where Emmanuel was going to tell the people that he really felt called to to spend more of his efforts doing things in Africa, um, in Nigeria, where he's helped build hospitals and, and schools and and that they would be seeing more and more of me. And then, you know, he just felt like eventually it would organically, you know, just be a natural thing. And so we all agreed on that. And so the next Sunday he preaches this message about being obedient to the Lord. And at the end of the message, he says, and I know I've heard the father say that Roy is the man that's supposed to pastor this church. (laughs) So from now on, he will be stepping in as pastor and I will be stepping out and directing my attention to Africa and walks off stage. (laughs) And that's it. And everybody's looking at me and I'm like, I grab a mic and turn on, and I'm like, I, I guess we should pray for Emmanuel. <laughs> and so we prayed over him and his wife, and, uh, and away we went. And that was uh, almost 11 years ago now. Awesome. And, uh, you know, God's just been amazing uh, through the whole process. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the church. I mean, I attend outreach, so I know uh, a lot of what's going on, but maybe just share a little bit about the church and your heart. And uh, Well, what, I just want to say first, see? listen, when you hear that Curtis attends outreach, please don't judge us by Curtis. <laughs> No, I'm just I'm obviously kidding. Um, so, you know, it's just the, the crazy thing is, is our church has grown a lot in the last, you know, several years, right? Yeah. But we've never tried to grow. We've, we've never had a, a, you know, and there's nothing wrong with this. Well, that's it, the thing I was going to say. I was going to tell you to, to plug your church, but I know you're probably uh, the least likely to want to promote your own ministry, your own church. But I think it's important to highlight you know, the local churches, yeah. local ministry, because there's hundreds of awesome churches in our area. There is. Uh, and, and that's what I love about your heart is you'd rather promote someone else's church than even your own. And we, times, we tell know? people actively, like, that live farther away and close to churches that we know are amazing. Yeah. Like, hey, you'll, you might just try there because you'll find, um, you know, you'll be so much closer community-wise, yeah. you know, small groups, all that stuff. And um, But, yeah, it's, I mean, our church, I think it's amazing. Yeah. I really do. I think it's a... Um, you know, it's a pretty cool story of just seeing the faithfulness of God. Yeah, and you can um, find out more about Outreach, outreachchurch.net. Uh, you're looking, what's the address on it's Wade Hampton? 2414 Wade Hampton. So we're, okay. <laughs> it's two churches next to his radio. We're yeah. the one closer to downtown Greenville. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, it's, it's so weird, right? Uh, uh, but, but And what's cool is that, you know, there's a little bit of a partnership going on there with the church next door, which I love, you know, our heart unity. Let's, yeah. you know, instead of compete with one another, let's just see what the Lord's doing in both communities and how can we work together yeah. and partner. And so, you know, Outreach is a smaller building and you were, outgrowing the space there. Uh, so maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And kinda... So we, we, you know, we, we did one service for long, so long that, that, and, and it just kept growing. And eventually there was people like we, the doors would be open on the front porch and be people on the porch, you know? And, and so I never wanted to do two services. I'm like, Oh, we'll lose the family feel and mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And then we felt like the Lord said to, we felt the grace on it. So we did. And, and, uh, as things kept growing, we were approached by people from uh, Christian assembly and they asked us if we were running out of children's space. And we said, yeah. And they, they offered us uh, space in their building for our children's ministry. And they actually just send their kids in with our children's, with our kids and, yeah, and they get taught by, by our children's ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've, they've been amazing. Pastor Mark is, is he, his heart for the kingdom is really awesome. Yeah. Um, during this time right now, because we're having to do 50% occupancy, he's been kind enough to allow us, we've converted their fellowship hall into a second sanctuary and we live stream the service over there so that we're not having to do, you know, six services to fit everybody in at 50% capacity. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, what pastor does that, right? What yeah. pastor says, Hey, 
why don't why don't you guys use one of our buildings to for half your church family to meet in and it's it's really been awesome yeah. and uh, that's what we need more of in our area and I think the Lord's doing that in people's hearts and leaders' hearts as as we do things with with one prayer and focused on unity it's not something that has to be we don't have to go around convincing pastors right. like hey this is a good idea but it's it, the spirit is working in yeah. people's hearts like hey what God's given me is not mine it's the kingdom's. How can we best leverage it for the kingdom yeah. versus my own platform or my own brand or, you know, to get my my ministry bigger? You know. Yeah, and I mean, truthfully, like, the gospel destroys anything that would keep us from walking in unity. Mm-hmm. Like, life's not about me. Jesus said, if any man would come after me, he must first deny himself, then take up his cross, and then follow me. And so if we haven't denied ourselves, we're not following Jesus. Yeah. You know, we, we may have prayed a prayer. We may call ourselves Christians. But if we haven't denied ourselves, died to self, mm. and, and, and we're not following him. But if we have and we're actually following Jesus, then unity is a natural byproduct of that. Yeah. Because life is no longer about me. And yeah. so it's me laying my life down for you. It's pastors laying their lives down for other pastors and serving one another and submitting, you know, ourselves one to another. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's been an amazing thing. And, and, and that's, that's just what we preach at Outreach. It's just a simple gospel. It's, 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 it's dead to sin, alive to Christ. It's, it's all things passed away and everything's become new. And, and, and the gospel of Jesus and, and the beauty of loving and becoming the love of God made manifest on the earth. Yeah. And so when you're walking in that love, like you want to be united with other people when you, you know, you, it's just a, it's a byproduct of it. Like I, they've never had a problem with unity in heaven. That's right. Yeah. Because there's nothing but love. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and Paul and, said in endeavor uh, to keep the unity of the spirit. Yeah. So we have to steward what the spirit is doing. Yeah. You know, we don't have, we don't conjure up unity. We don't uh, try to make it happen. No. You know, it's happening. It's whether we're going to partner with what's exactly. already happening, you know, what's happening in heaven, what the spirit is doing. Either we're going to get on board with that or we're going to be uh, against that. Well, you know, we'll be building our own kingdom. Them. Exactly. And, and, and one, one day or another, it's going to come crumbling down. Whatever right? you build, you have to sustain. Yeah. You know, whatever he builds, he's promised to sustain. Yeah. And man, what, to me, what a, what a comforting thought for a pastor or anybody in any kind of ministry to, to realize like, Hey, I don't have to build something. You know, Jesus said, I'll build my church. Mm, yeah. You know, so if, if we would just fall in love with Jesus, which leads us to falling in love with each other and, and be, be yielded to the spirit and walking after the spirit of God, you know, he'll, he says, I open doors no man can shut. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go around trying to open doors and make things happen. Yeah. I just have to follow Jesus, and I'll walk through every door I'm supposed to walk through. And, and the pressure is off then yes. to perform or to meet. I, I think there's a, a an unhealthy, dangerous mindset in the Western church, or American church especially. We're so production-oriented. We're so consumer driven yeah. we're you know numbers driven and all that i mean and there's some good things to that you know but to we've we're, a lot of churches have gotten into the mentality if it's not huge and if it's not uh, you know we've got a bunch of pe- people big budgets and doing all the stuff then we're failing yeah. and that's not the case no. necessarily you know god may have called you to be a small church, you yeah. know, or to to do one thing but do it really well, and that's the thing is is we need to remove the pressure to be something that we're not. Find out who he's called us to be, whatever Absolutely. that looks like, and do that 
wholeheartedly. I remember uh, my, my friend Dan Moeller, uh, who's become a really good friend and a, kind of an apostolic voice in our church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we hang out every year together, and um, he's kind of the, the guy that I call a lot of times when I'm dealing with stuff. But I remember the first time he came and stayed with us when he was going to speak at Outreach, and, and he asked me a question. He said, you know, I, I think that God's going to expand your voice. I do. He said, I think that, that he, your church is going to grow, and I think your influence is going to grow. He said, but, but one thing that you need to settle in your heart and make sure that this is right before that can happen is this. If all you do is pastor a church of 100 people for the rest of your life, mm. could you be okay with that if that's all he calls you to? He said, if the answer is yes, then he can do anything with your You're life that he wants yeah. to. He said, if the answer is no, you've got selfish ambition and you need to deal with it. Yeah. And, and, I, and thankfully, I could say, uh, and I still can, that, that it does not matter to me how many people come apart from the fact that I want to make sure we're doing what we're supposed to do to reach the people that he's called us to reach. Yeah. And if that means a bunch of people come, awesome. If that means not a bunch of people coming, that's awesome too. But, but I just our, our goal and our measure of success is obedience. Are we doing what he's called us to do? Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of pastors get trapped into, you know, the numbers game and the size game and, and um, you know, then you, and, and the performing it's and doing pressure, all that stuff. Yeah, Man, yeah. You're not called to carry that kind of pressure yeah. around. And, and as, as um, people who attend or lay people, I mean, we don't need to place crazy pressure on the pastors to do something, too. I mean, we all need to come to the table, like you said, denying ourselves. Uh, you know, I don't want to well, the worship needs to be like this, or, you know, the lighting needs to be like this, or and so many expectations. We need to come together humbly, not seeking to to uh, consume, mm-hmm. but to contribute, yeah. right? Yeah. And, 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 and all know, around. We've made our preference Lord in some yeah. cases. You know, I mean, if 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 you can't worship... Now, I, I get we have preference. Yeah. I, I like the style of worship at our church. Sure. And, and, and so there's nothing wrong with that. But if you can't worship apart from that, That's right, then yeah. you have traded the sound of worship for the, the worship of sound. Mm-hmm. You, you genuinely have made an exchange there where something that is supposed to be beautiful has become something that you can't worship God unless it's the way that you like it. And now your preference is Lord, not Jesus. Yeah. And, and man, that's... That's something I think we need to be really aware of, um, you know, just as, as believers and as followers of Jesus that, you know, we don't get so, so stuck on our own preferences and, and, and our own ideas and, and ideals, you know, mm-hmm. th- that we forget that, that, that it's about worshiping Jesus, that yeah. it's about being together and ministering to each other and, 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 and being in the presence of God and hearing his word and, and growing and praying and, and enjoying fellowship. That, that's, that's what church is supposed to be. Yeah. It's, it's not and it can take to... a lot of different expressions. Oh, man, you know? it, it mega, has to. There's mega churches that are great, you know, and there's small house churches that are great. There's amazing churches of every size and every style yeah. because there's amazing people that, yeah. that are reached by every one of those. Yeah, and it's easy to fall into uh, to a ditch of just criticism and, you know, tearing down everything yeah. about the church. we got to be careful of yeah. that. And then the other end of, you know, just focusing on... Uh, models and being just production oriented or whatever, uh, you know. There's we need to have uh, keep the main things the main yeah. thing. You know? I think Jesus and, is in the middle, saying, "Just yeah. follow me." And there's and I believe we're in a time 
you know, thankfully that the Lord is shaking those things up a little bit, you know, especially with coming through the pandemic stuff and people not being able to do their normal church stuff and yeah. really forcing people to evaluate what is church? Yeah. What does it look like? And, and what does it mean to follow Jesus and to worship Jesus? Am I just checking it off right. to you know, go into a service? Uh, pastors making decisions about what's important in, in their services yeah. and what's essential. You know? Well, and the, you know, the thing about it is, is can I be okay or do I fall apart if I can't gather together in our church in a building yeah. for two months? Yeah. Like it, it, because honestly, that's like the smallest part uh, as far as time goes hmm. of your week is those two hours on Sunday. And if that's, the, if that's like the majority of your time of worship uh, or of engaging with God, then, then you, we probably need to evaluate that and start thinking about the fact that man, I'm meant for fellowship with him every day, all day. Yeah. He's not supposed to be in a building somewhere where I go visit him. He's supposed to live inside of me yeah. and be my life. And so, as, I, I, look, I'm a pastor. I love the gathering of the church. I, sure. I, and I love his church. And I'm not one of those people that likes to criticize. I think anyone can criticize. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, hey, if you see something that you, that you think needs to be criticized, it's probably something you need to pray about. Yeah. And then the and, and ask the Lord, yeah. what would you have me do? That's right. Yeah. If you've showed me this, it, you didn't show me just so that I could be, you know, a, a, a echo chamber. You showed me so that I can the least I can do is give myself to praying for it mm-hmm. and asking you, God, what would is there something you would have me do um, to to bring change and, and to bring correction and to 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 fix whatever it is that I think might be wrong? Yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of opportunity for that, you know, in in this particular season that we find ourselves in. Um, what's one thing maybe you would you would say to a pastor or someone, a church member who may be struggling during this time trying to figure out what does this look like and they may feel like things are kind of turned upside down? What's what's a good some good practical steps maybe or what what's something you've been counseling people about uh, moving forward in just a few minutes that we yeah. have left? So I mean I think the biggest thing is make sure that you're spending time with him. Yeah. Don't ever get caught up in the rat race. Um, where, where you're running around doing at the expense of being with him. And, um, you know, for people, if, if you're feeling disconnected or you're feeling isolated or you're feeling, you know, anything like that, really just get alone with him and ask him, just say, Father, like, I know you said you would never leave me or forsake me. You know, you, you said that you would be with me always, even to the end of the age, Jesus. And so mm-hmm. I need to know what does that look like now uh, during this time and, and, and be in the word. Like, if you would every morning... Every day, you would, you would read the Word of God. You would spend time in prayer. And, and not just rattling off a, a laundry list. I'm saying communing with Him yeah. and, and, and spend time worshiping. If you would do those things. The, the, you know the pe- reason people burn out is because we try to live like Jesus in public and we're not living like Him in private. Yeah. Jesus' private life was often spent being alone with the yeah. Father. And then what we saw in public was the overflow of that. Yeah. And so if you feel dry, burned out, or, or any of those things, and I would encourage you just get alone with him and, and get connected to the source of life so that you actually have something to give. Amen. And it's not complicated. You know, <laughs> it's, it's really not. It's really simple. It's so simple that we often neglect it. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, not complicated but profound, but yet simple. <laughs> it really is. And, and if, you're, if your relationship with Jesus is complicated somewhere along the way we've complicated it yeah he it, hasn't it, it may be hard or difficult but it's not you know oh it's not always easy yeah, but it is yeah, very simple exactly yeah uh so yeah just as we close father i just pray in the name of jesus for every person listening lord and and for all of us that we would 
um, keep you as the priority in everything that we do and all of our decisions, Lord. We ask that you would keep us focused in your word, in communion with you, in worship of you, that we would have vibrant hearts that are full of your life and your love and that we would have clarity. I pray for people listening that they'd have clarity on your will for their life uh, and your will even in this season and they'd have the uh, the courage to walk it out, to walk out those those things you're calling them to, Lord. And we just pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done in this area, Lord, as things are being shaken, that your church would become uh, more purified and more perfected in love in this area. And we thank you for what you're doing in the body in this area. And we just say we want to be a part. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Um, and I would encourage you, you know, to ask God what's your role in what he's wanting to do in this time in the body of Christ in our area. Um, we are thankful that you tuned in. We hope that you'll join us again next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's broadcast of Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer. We pray you've been encouraged and hope you'll join us next week as we continue to host Christian conversations that explore the scripture, promote prayer, and edify the body of Christ. For more information about Greenville House of Prayer or to contact us, please visit our website at ghopsc.org or connect with us on Facebook at the Greenville House of Prayer.